Hello and welcome to Back to the Point. And today is our playoff preview edition. My name is Migs. And I'm Ian. Yeah, so let's get the show on the road. Um, this is an exciting podcast and I'm sure we can get easily derailed uh, talking about this playoff preview um, with the Sharks about to play the Golden Knights tomorrow. Mm-hmm. April 10th, hopefully it's the first day in uh, a string of days of destiny for the Sharks. So Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, Sharks. Yeah, I'm definitely getting pretty hyped today at work. I was uh, on Twitter and going through ups and downs because people being ridiculous and then listening to some other stuff, people saying some more things the other direction and it just got me going i made a huge uh i have a whiteboard in my cube and i made a giant bracket and i, oh, nice. I drew that the other day i'm ready for game one picks? who are my picks yeah I, I i mean i didn't go into my picks i just fought for like two seconds on each of them um i have uh i have the sharks over the the knights I have Calgary over Colorado. I have the Jets over St. Louis, right? And I have the Predators over the Stars. And then I have the Sharks over the Flames, the Jets over the Predators. And then I have the Sharks over the Jets. And then in the East, I have... Is that because you have to pick the... (laughs) No, I truly believe in the Sharks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll, we will go into this, but I truly believe. Yeah. Um, and then I have uh, Pittsburgh over the Islanders. And then I have um, Capitals over the Hurricanes. And then I have uh, – today I switched it. I had Boston over Toronto, but today I switched it to Toronto over Boston even though in my heart I want Toronto to be out as fast as possible. Um, but someone the other day said that like last year it went to game seven and Boston didn't really do anything, but the Maple Leafs added John Tavares and Jake Muzzin. So I felt like that was probably a good reason to push them over the edge. And then I have uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, beating the Blue Jackets. And then the Blue Jacket or the Tampa Bay Lightning beating the Maple Leafs, the Capitals beating the Penguins, and then I have the Maple the Lightning beating the Capitals, and then the Sharks and Lightning playing, and the Sharks as the Stanley Cup winner. And I truly believe we can win because we beat them this season. <laughs> Our dream, right? My dream. Yeah. Um, so there's no upsets. There's essentially no upsets except the Sharks beating the Flames. I don't necessarily I think the Sharks are an upset. That's like the only upset you have. And then the Sharks beating the Sharks Tampa. Beating Tampa is an upset? Well, I mm-hmm. mean, seating-wise, based on seating. Yeah, I think a lot of people... Be- based based on seating, right? Similarly? So... Yeah, I don't know. I think, to be honest, the the one of those rounds that I feel like there might be an upset is um, is Calgary and Colorado. Like, 
Really? You think Colorado's? I don't know. Win? Colorado seems like a Colora- dangerous no, team. Nathan McKinnon yeah. and Miko Rantanen. I don't know. Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon can just like take things on his back. Are you serious? Yeah. And they've been having good but, goaltending. I mean, they lately. played. Um, not not well. I mean, Philip Grubauer started I mean, last year, and he did, they he did played <laughs> the Sharks the last game of the season for the Capitals. I think but... they were already in at that point, but like they looked good. They looked a good team, but like I, I rightfully think that the gap between the the Calgary Flames and the Colorado Avalanche is there. I don't think they'll win in four, but I I think the Flames will win. Yeah, part of why I'm saying that I think Colorado is dangerous offensively. Calgary, if the ended up playing Calgary, I feel like matchup, I guess, but the series I guess what are your thoughts going in yeah so um, I would say I guess I'll get started because we're having a little bit of technical difficulty right now Um, and hopefully my audio is a little bit better now but Yeah, this is uh, this is definitely yeah. gonna be an exciting oh series, and by exciting, Sorry, I for mean whatever extremely, extremely earlier, stressful. Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm. I'm. I already said. I, I mean, I keep on standing up to my coworkers and uh, kind of stretching for a little bit, and they're NBA fans, so playoffs are starting for them. And I just kind of walk over to them. I'm like, I am already stressed for tomorrow. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be brutal. Um, but I, I think it's close, <laughs> yeah. but I don't think it's as close as people think. Um, Vegas is good. Uh, but I mean, I have a whole list of reasons why I think the Sharks will win. Um, but so let's start with you. Um, I want to, I guess you could, you could start with what you think the Sharks weak points are. And then I could say the weak points and then the Golden Knights weak points, Golden Knights weak points, strengths, 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 strengths. Okay, for sure. Down for that too. No, let's just talk about weaknesses. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, okay, yeah. So Sharks, uh, I guess I'll include question marks in here too. Um, But I think the biggest... The biggest weakness of the Sharks that I've seen in the last few weeks that's been somewhat of a consistent issue is uh, specifically defensive zone, defensive play. 
Um, I mean, you could break down mm-hmm. the Sharks' ability to play defense in multiple zones, right, in the neutral zone, um, you know, yeah. back-checking out of the offensive zone, and then uh, actual defensive zone play when they're under pressure. And, you know, I think the Sharks have still shown that they are a team that can pressure in the neutral zone and keep plays from developing. But when it comes to being hemmed in a little bit and really trying to make an effort to get the puck out of their zone when they have an opportunity, I think I'm concerned about the way that they fail. Uh, Oftentimes they'll try and clear the zone, flip it out, get it along the boards, and they end up just turning it over um, back to the defenseman at the point. Or there's just uh, there's too much weakness on a pass out that gets intercepted by a forward that's getting around the zone. It's just been a very frustrating thing to see. So uh, I think the – I wouldn't say it's necessarily a lack of effort, but sometimes they get hemmed in for so long that there's a measure of fatigue that they can't overcome and they may affect their decision-making. So, yeah, I I think that I want – I think their defensive zone, not necessarily coverage. I think they've tightened things up, but their ability to clear the zone is something that worries me. And – when you got a team that's buzzing, that um, Vegas Vegas can be a team that does I, that. That's that's concerning. I think part of that is like a system thing too. Like, if you're under pressure, you will just chuck it out into the neutral zone, like using the boards. Um, like every team will do that. So I think sometimes that's just like the emergency option. Um, but I think I definitely agree with you. Like off the off the rush, it's hard sometimes, but um, once we get into our zone, it, it seems like mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's like just after off the rush or um, like when we're cycling because I don't feel like a lot of teams really cycle against us. But uh, I I definitely see what you're saying for sure. I I think we mm. uh, that's an odd like step back for the sharps this whole year that was way worse at times and has since gotten better. And when we had our injury streak, losing streak, um, we kind of fell back into that a bit, but um, I see what you're saying there for sure. I think my biggest issue with the team is, is goaltending. We've seen Jones. And so I have faith that Jones will improve his play from what it is. Will he go all the way up to like a 914 save percentage or something like that? I don't know if he can increase his play, you know, to where it always is, regardless of how his play has been in the regular season. Um, but I have no confidence in Dell at all. So that's an issue for me is if something happens to Jones, mm-hmm. I don't think we have any depth in goaltending at all. Whereas previously I've felt that and for me, even like a, a single game. Yeah. Like if you're a, if your goalie gets pulled, you're already like, you've pretty much already lost the game anyways. Right. But if you, um, if I- injury, yeah. Or, or something like that, we're done. Injury. If he goes down, injuries. absolutely no chance of, you know, yeah. Maybe a game, two games, three games, definitely not. I, I, I've never had this little confidence in a backup goalie. 
and it's rather sad and actually pretty mm-hmm. frustrating too, given where he was last year that he's gotten. Like it's one thing for your starting goaltender to have mm-hmm. kind of variations in your in your year, but like the, it's kind of the crappy part of being a backup goalie is that you're the emergency. So if you have a bad season too, it's terrible. And we've, we've seen that over and over. So to me, that's my biggest kind of question mark is uh, mm-hmm. goaltending. Um, we've seen in the past over and over that Jones increases his play when we need it the most, and especially in playoffs, he gets way better. Um, I have confidence that that will happen. The question mark for me is to what degree. So that's kind of where I fall. And then, you know, if our starting goaltender goes down, mm. like almost every single team's playoff run is going to end there regardless. Right. Um, yeah. Unless you're like one of, you know, three teams in the NHL that has, yeah, like you need crazy your, you superstar need your who's not like full time, but can like step in. Um, if that happens, most teams will go down. We'll go down faster. It'll be bad. Yeah. Well, let's hope Jones stays healthy and actually bounces back from uh, some of the struggles he's had. I thought he looked good at the end. end Yeah, I think the thing, and another thing with Dell is if he does a very, very, very small sample size, he ends up being the person we have to play for whatever emergency reason. Someone who's like very positionally sound with Jones, who maybe has issues with like over rotating sometimes, um, or maybe like. a a five hole or something like that or a high glove or something, but very much positionally sound is much harder to take advantage of than uh, someone who's extremely aggressive, like Aaron Dell, who comes out so far, right? Like we saw Tim Thomas when he was kind of some of the first goalies to really do that when the Bruins won the cup and he was like unstoppable. And then a couple seasons after that, it was just like, he was off the NHL immediately because people are like, oh, we'll just like move it to the side or fake and go around him or shoot behind him and, you know, go low on him and stuff like that to expose how far out of position he is. Um, I think Dell is very susceptible to that. So if it comes to a situation where the goal, the other team are going to start mm-hmm. like game planning against the goalie as if Dell heads for Subberson becomes like the starting person for whatever circumstance, like we're, we're done because he's having a bad season. He doesn't have the ability to steal games this season, and he's going to be game plan the crap out of. Yeah, yeah. I think well, that's I safe mean, to assume. Let's let's assume. Hopefully yeah. that that won't happen. I mean, that's that's like that's like a, a rare scenario. So I mean, if that's the worst thing, I mean, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean Jones his, Jones play himself you have to hope that he's able to elevate his game a bit. And I think the our two points about those weaknesses go hand in hand because Jones is going to need the team to play defensively well in front of him um, in all zones. Mm-hmm. And then additionally, you're going to need Jones to make those saves for you as well. Because like it or not, the Golden Knights are going to have good opportunities and good chances. And there's going to be odd man rushes, whether you mm-hmm. play great defense or, or not. I mean, there's just such a quick strike uh, counterattacking team that it's going to happen. But are the Sharks yeah. going to be able to mitigate that as much as they can and play a good defensive structure, right? 
earlier in the season, they were giving up a lot of breakaways and odd man rushes, just ridiculous ones that shouldn't happen. We've seen that a lot less as the season has progressed. Occasionally you see it here and there. Um, but I'd say the defensive issues are more, I guess, more sporadic and, and more, like I said, I, the defensive zone clearing, yeah. I think, I don't know. I feel like that's a measure. There's a measure of fatigue and maybe the, the team going through that poor stretch is just that lack of confidence where, you know, they can't win that battle and carry it out effectively. There's an element of that too, even though it's very nebulous <laughs> to discuss, but hopefully they can play their good solid neutral zone um, clamp up style to, to prevent teams from coming to the zone. And if they play their offensive game well and really carry the play in the offensive zone and just force the team to just yeah. dump it out, then they'll get possession again and handle it well, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So I think, I think that's, that's a good, a good summary of the, uh, those two weaknesses. So more on the defensive side um, of things, I was but reading, like I said um, earlier, I was what, reading what do you today, think are kind of uh, and such? And I read an interesting thing from uh, Mike Kelly on the point, And they did a quick, like one minute breakdown of most of the playoff teams. So I looked at the, the Knights and the, the sharks kind of thing. And uh, they said the Knights are the last team in the NHL in successful zone entry rate um, or zone entries in general. Um, And then he then, you know, showed a couple clips where they um, receive pressure coming through the neutral zone. And instead of taking an easy play, they make the more complicated play. Um, And obviously he could be, you know, kind of picking and choosing with that, but the, the ranking doesn't lie. They are last in the lead in successful zone entries um, coming out of their uh, uh, defensive zone. Yeah, defensive to offensive, that type of transition, I believe, is what's tracked in that stat. You they mean are last in the league. However, the Sharks are second in the league at denying opposing teams a successful zone entry. Through the neutral zone, the Sharks are the second best team in the NHL in breaking up those plays. So our strength is also their weakness. So it seems like you were saying like they base yeah. their play off of neutral zone, neutral zone play, but it's like a neutral zone forecheck where they play tight and force you into mistakes and get turnovers, right? So if we can keep our turnovers clean and our, our actual like intra zone, neutral zone play safe. And uh, tight, I think, will be successful. If we force them having to bring it out of their zone into our zone, it's going to be um, – they're not going to be successful at that, especially given our strengths and their weakness on that. And then we have players like Eric Carlson, right, who is, like, one of the best players at um, going in and out of the neutral zone and especially defending people. And then you have Brent Burns, who's also very similar. So, and we had redeemed Simic, but he's out with an ACL MCL issue. Um, so I really think that our strength, if we can play like a tight neutral zone game and not give turnovers, if we force them to go from the end of their zone to the, into our zone, I think when that's at their weakest, they're definitely an off the rush from a turnover 
based gameplay. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd say another weakness for this team. Uh, well, I'm going to put this in the question mark category. Like, their goaltending is a question mark right now, too. Mm-hmm. Not that Flurry's a bad goalie, but he's coming off of injury. Are you serious? He's only played two games. And in those two games, he gave up like nine goals or something like that. I knew he came back, but I didn't yeah, know he gave so up nine goals. Yeah, they lost those last two games that he was able to get back in. And yeah, I think they they didn't, I think they gave up they lost five two to the Kings and they they gave up like four and lost four two or something like that the day before. I saw, so, um, I saw that. It's not I wasn't like, sure if he and, did it. And, on and apparently, Flurry fell. Did at you see the video? <laughs> He like he like stopped and like Which waved means to the, the crowd lot. and then came yeah. out and fell. And no, I thought real, I was I like, know. is he just like being a joker? But I I hope he fell. That would have been hilarious. Maybe. Um, and my dog is going crazy. Yeah, so Sorry for her weird scratching noises. We'll before. see. Uh, Ian's eating eating but, a McFlurry right now. By the way. No, it's a it's a frosty. <laughs> My wonderful wife brought me home one. <laughs> is is that a McFlurry? Oh, that's nice. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we'll see how that goes. I think there's a lot of question marks. And I think the way those turn out, you know, for positive or negative for either team, it's going to shape kind of how the series goes. But... I think when it comes down to it, if you yeah. look at all factors, and I know you believe this, but I think the Sharks definitely have an advantage. Um, mm-hmm. I think they have an advantage in terms of overall depth. Their defensive, their defensive also, players Vegas are doesn't even have a in a caliber like, much higher than Vegas's defense. A caliber defense. Yes. You know, like someone who could be on the fringe of Norris discussion, they don't even have someone like that. Yeah, I mean, they... Yeah. So um, I think their strength in, in defense is, you know, playing their style of play and um, forcing turnovers and, and doing things like that. And uh, just being overall pests and a terrible team to play against. <laughs> and they're well coached, right? So um, that's their advantage in the way they can get you. But um, in terms of raw talent and For skill, sure. I think the Sharks are uh, over overmatching Vegas mm-hmm. and uh, you know, if the sharks really play up their, their potential, like they can um, that like they did for two months, then January and February, like they're going to be fine. Um, especially since they have home ice, it's not necessarily going to be easy, but um, I think they should be the ones. I they think should even be the, something as simple as health, I guess the, the true favorites to win this series. Or at least this year are simply not disadvantaged, you know? Ever since we went to the Stanley Cup final, we've been super just plagued by our best players with injury. Yeah, oh gosh. And this year is the first year in quite a while where we do not have that. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, two years in a mm-hmm. row now, uh, Thornton just being eliminated by his leg. The... 16, 17 year, the Oilers with the uh, Couture just like not even having a face to work with. 
Last year, Kane having a somewhat significant injury to his shoulder that he suffered in the Ducks series going into the Knights series. Um, Timo Meyer's injury seems to be very minor, seems to sit out as a precaution. He says he's 100%. Judging from what we were talking about when he fell, it looked like we, we were really scratching our heads at how he really could have injured himself. It didn't seem like it was something very serious. Uh, DeBoer said it was mostly precautionary for sitting him out. Um, so, seems like that's good. Carlson came back for one game. He didn't have any issues. He said there was no setbacks. He felt great. No issues with gameplay for that. He looked good in the game. He played like 20-plus minutes. He normally plays like 24 minutes or something like that. So, it's not a huge... You know, huge difference there either. Um, so all in all, it looks good. And, and the the Knights have had some injury issues of their own lately as well. They've been uh, – they haven't had their, like, full starter roster for the last 10 or so games. It seems like they were starting a couple start, – sitting a couple starters for a lot of their games. And some of their fans were saying that Gerard Gallant was just being smart and, like, resting players – but you, they weren't guaranteed their spot. They had the, uh, yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Their fans probably have such like rose-colored glasses. Like, oh, you like join the league and you go to the Stanley Cup final. <laughs> it's like you need to lose yeah. and lose. I know. They're, they're years just like they're resting. What that feels like. We're resting the, the uh, so, <clears throat> the starter. Like, no, that's not what happens. This isn't the Golden State Warriors who have, like, an absolute lock on the entire league and can do whatever they want, right? Fleury came in and got one game, so that's good. He probably needs to get a rep just like Carlson did. Two games, yeah. Um, so, he, he, you know, he very well could be 100%. Two if games. they had to play Malcolm Subban, they would lose the series, just like we would if we had to play Dell. Um, so... I don't know what their health. Yeah, I don't know. He's super exploitable. He said really Malcolm Subban's like better than Dell. <laughs> and if we if we knew <laughs> that we year. were playing him going in, we would game plan it. It would be good. Uh-huh. Um. So, oh, sirens! Cool, cool, cool. It's okay. We've got a busy house over here too. Well, hopefully yep. they're getting help. Yep. Um. And uh, close to a hospital. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how healthy their starters are. I don't yeah. really know what was going on there. I'm sure they're probably just resting for some, you know, bangs and bruises. I don't know if they had any like major injuries, but, um, like you said, like the Sharks have game breaking talents on their team. Carlson like single handedly dragged the Senators to a Stanley Cup final in 2016 2017. Um, he was like the best defenseman on the planet that that playoff run Couture had 31 points in 28 games or so when they made it, when the sharks made it to the final jumbo coming off two major sur- knee surgeries, having an incredible year hurdle hitting 70 points Meyer, I think being close to that or at 70 as well. Like was it four or five 30 goal scores, nine 50 point players Burns, Carlson, 
in terms of just like defensive ability playing or offensive defensive capability, like playing for like 90% of the game on ice, not even thinking about Vlasic, like the Sharks power forward game perfectly matches the neutral zone heavy game of the Golden Knights. Like they don't defend well in their zone and they suffer really badly when they have to pull it all the way from their goal line into our blue line, into our zone. And that's the most effective game that the Sharks play. And that's exactly their style, right? They have to counter with Kane, Hurdle, and Meyer as our power forwards who will keep it low for them. They can pressure our, you know, points high and that's great, but that leaves up a huge space beneath them for our forwards to exploit off the wall coming at the hash marks, coming to the top of the circle, going low. Like, I honestly think when the Sharks are playing their best, it not only is one of the best teams in the NHL, it perfectly counters the, the, the Golden Knights play. Because they're actually very bad at defending in their own zone. They have that kind of same flaw that we do, but to a bigger extent. Yeah. <clears throat> Right, right. Um, I, I guess for – I know we were supposed to follow this strengths mindset, but I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. what the Sharks have going for them a little bit besides, you know, their Dude. obvious talent and their ability to score. Jumbo. But in terms of motivating factors, I think the Sharks definitely have the upper hand. And that's not even like an upper hand mm-hmm. sort of deal. It's just – what is the motivation? What are the motivations for this team? And you just look at Joe Thornton himself and yeah. like what it what it's going to mean for him. He's like really, really winding down towards the end of his career. Um, he's playing really well. You know, he's like you said, he's going into these playoffs finally not injured, and he's had enough time to recover mm-hmm. where he can get back to playing the game that he wants to. And he's shown that over the course of the last several weeks, right? So he's definitely he's an X factor. Yeah. He's going to be ultra motivated because mm. he's going to be able to take his game up to another level. He's personally motivated. And then you have the whole team motivation where if you just gave them that single motivating factor to and win for Jumbo, we lost to like them that's going to hopefully lift this We're team not psychologically um, somewhat. Yeah. You know, I think it's, I think it's interesting. This is a little bit of a tangent, but with all the negative negativity that you and I have seen on Twitter um, over the last few days, I even, you know, people really like to talk about advanced stats. And then there's people who, you know, I guess you and I are, maybe I'm more like this, but I, I don't really tend to pay that much attention to advanced stats. You know, there's that crowd, but it seems like people maybe, uh, implicitly, yeah. kind of disregard. It's not a hard, you can't things you that can't have get to do with sports psychology because you know it's not like hard. It's not any hard data. But, but the thing is, the complexity of any sport, let alone hockey, like you can't capture that well with statistics, right? Like hard science things are, <laughs> I mean, basic science things You're are hard to <laughs> capture. <laughs> With statistics, when you look at like, anyway, Mm -hmm. I'm health science things are when you're looking at outcomes, like 
it's really, you know, statistics are rough. So when it comes to a sport and dealing with uh, statistics, like that doesn't tell you, that tells you like such minutia of the whole complexity of the game, right? So that's that's probably why I don't like to delve into it too much because it's just a lot of work. I mean, people would disagree with <laughs> tell you me that, more, but I, I agree I with your general sentiment that. Um, anyway, but I it, think it's like it's focusing in on only part of the whole, and the rest of the whole isn't well captured. So people focus on what they can capture and yeah. make it more important than it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I'm saying is that you could pick apart these statistics and say, like, this is so simplistic. Is it accounting for this factor or this factor or this factor? Um, is this specific in this situation or in this situation? It just kind of lumps so many things together. These statistics are, ah! these statistics are probably I, very I don't strong, think right? they're as flat as you think, um, but I agree with your sentiment. <laughs> You're like... <laughs> Yeah, like simply, I think the easiest thing is they the goalie statistics. Right? But there's a lot they're not goals telling. saved above average. Like cool, but like was the goalie screened? Was there pre puck movement? Was there layered screen? Did the goalie have to reset their eyes? Like those are not tracked, and those have huge, huge implications. If you just say they scored from the point, yeah, and that's like the lowest danger scoring chance area, they should have saved that goal. It's like well. If there's ten people directly in front of their eyes, right, the goalie has, that goes from a low danger chance to maybe a high danger chance. Exactly. Yeah, and but then once you start accounting for all these things, it gets a lot more convoluted and hard to manage. Um, anyway, I, I am getting tangent, but you know, I think I think that element of it's easy to disregard, like our players going to get up for this or our team's going to step it up a notch, like in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Like, I believe that stuff happens, you know, Um, there are motivations that can cause people to play differently. Like simply an emotion of anger is one of them. Right. Or, or uh, just the excitement wanting to perform, wanting to achieve, like this is something that, that carries people. And, I should say, you know, it gets well represented uh, just on like a media level because when you're generally hockey media are going to talk about these things. Um, but, you know, I think it's also exciting to listen to rather than statistics. But I think that the motivating factor, when I, what I want to get back to is that having Joe Thornton um, on yeah. the team and healthy and what that means for him personally and the team, that's a big motivating factor. And also, oh I mean, gosh, there's other yeah. things like Eric Carlson. Um, what is his future in San Jose? Like, he's going to really want to win, but is the other – are the teammates going to want to play for him and want him to to stay with the team? Um, the, the team knows they're really well set up and they're a good team they can achieve. So, like, Vegas has that motivation of they went to the cup final last year. But in 2017, we did that too, and we were – a heck of a lot banged up because yeah 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 after, <laughs> the year when, after when was it stretches from an 82 game season to a 92 team, right? to 102 so as you go deeper in each round 
Oh yeah. Uh, and then there was the, the world, world championship yeah. that, that, uh, off season yeah. too, right. Or the world cup, sorry, which we had multiple players playing. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's part of what makes repeating like really. Yeah. Good. Well, I mean, if you have someone, you just don't have the same uh, level of rest PEDs, and recuperation. That that recovery and rest is, you know, doesn't matter as much. He got 20 games off to rest, so he, he should be fine. <laughs> Man, I everyone even, being I like wanna, he hates tainted meat. Talk about that right now. It was only a billionth <laughs> of a percent of a particle. <laughs> it was still there. <laughs> it just means it would have been a while since he ate it. Tainted meat. <laughs> have you ever watched pro cycling? Oh my gosh. Yeah, he he takes very I little. Know, he gosh. just that was the most like he just uses it as a light that was sprinkle, the most light condiment for his food. Right? Uninformed, thing no I've no seen injectables or anything like that. Yeah, that was that was hilarious. And then you watch like a documentary like Icarus. <laughs> yeah, about the Russian uh, state sponsored doping thing in the Olympics for like the history of the Olympics and the modern era. Just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think that's true. Like I. I, I will agree with your – I disagree with your advanced yeah. stats to the I, – I think they're useful. I think they only cover what we can measure, and we need the ability to measure more before they can be, like, you know, the end-all, be-all. And I don't think they'll ever be that, but I do think that fans latch on to that because it's, like, a countable metric or a measurable thing that tells you are they doing good or bad. And uh, fans can take that to mean, you know, way more. Right. It's like we had seven shots on net. Okay, that's very good. And that definitely helps the team. Mm. But if they're, you know, low percentage shots or whatever, like, is that worth it when he makes two egregious mistakes that lead directly to goals? Like, oh, but plus minus doesn't matter. It's like, oh, okay. If he only lets in, you mm. know, two shots against, but they're both just like glaring mistakes that he's prone to. And then they both directly result in goals. Like, how are they, how's that measured? system play too it's like you can have a player that specifically plays that plays well but doesn't play within the coach's system so it affects the team strategy differently it's like okay like they do well maybe they put more shots on net or something like that but it's a it's affecting the team as a whole or the coach's ability to implement ice time the way he wants or stuff like that so, I mean, there's a lot to it, especially I think the thing that gets me is that like individual decision-making mm-hmm. is, is a little bit lost in that. Um, goalie metrics are not very good. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff being done, and part of me really enjoys seeing kind of like, uh, you know, machine learning stuff being applied, like neural networks, uh, predictive stuff like K-maps and stuff like that that I learned in college. I really... You know, I think, I think that's fun and there's an application to the sport I love. Like, I like that. But I do think they need to be taken with a bit of a grain of salt. Like today, um, like people, people were talking about like, oh, like Jonas Donskoy is getting, is, is not in lineup for game one versus Michael Haley. Um, is Jonas Donskoy better than Michael Haley? Yes. Yeah. Is Jonas Donskoy, like, replaceable? Yes, we have Nyquist and nine other forwards who are doing a better job than he is. But he puts a lot of shots on net. It's like, cool. Or he, if he, when he plays, a lot more shots go on net for the Sharks as a percentage. 
than it does for Haley, although Haley still has a positive effect. It's like, okay, maybe he like affects the shot share better, but he still only has 37 points and hasn't scored in like 30, 40 games now. It's like, okay, he's good in that area, but where it actually matters on the scoreboard, he is not. And that's, That's the thing, like, the advanced stats mm-hmm. can, can maybe give you some ideas of large trends, right? But um, it's very yeah. – it just doesn't account for so much, right? Like, I could look at one player who played six years on this team and generally had these line mates for this long, and they were a positive Corsi player, and then – like they could move to another team and be on a terrible line and just be a different player. Right. So it's like, what was the variable there? Was it that they were? A good yeah. And I mean, they have, they have stats that try to part you know, of a pull good that out. I'm not trio. sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how effective they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think that's very difficult to do. I like the complexity of the sport. There's so many extraneous variables that are constantly happening that are so unique to individual plays that it's really hard. Yeah. I think um, to capture that, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, I, I, you have to understand that my bias and I'm, what I'm learning now is that, well, especially it's physical therapy research, like people screw with statistics with like and, and like have just bad yeah. research in general so much. Uh, and it'd be like, look at this statistic or like, look at this. Uh, data that we have it's like well you just manipulated the data and it's like this is not valuable and doesn't show you anything really like when it comes and that's like that's like something that's you know real life implementation to practice and people do it you know i work amongst it but when it comes to a sport when there's so many variables that aren't accounted for it's like the value of yeah. these statistics i don't know why we're talking are, about this i are, will bring it minimally back. I think... useful in a lot of ways yeah. anyway why are we talking about this on this playoff review <laughs> it's because i'm tired yeah okay i'm tired I will say... and my brain is just going okay. places that you're getting your feelings are right. easy right i think now. the and biggest I'm thing having a hard time really is, explaining this uh i think people who are only looking at stats are yeah. discounting the sharks when we have past performance, the reality of past performance shows us that the Sharks have done very well and are in, like, people forget January through up until people started getting injured when we were, like, arguably feeling like we were right there with Tampa, you know? Like, we were almost unstoppable. What do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do then? And then we start... We start losing some people. We lose a game, turns into a couple of games. Learn even lose even more people. Those injuries start piling on and on and on. Instead of being a deep, a deep team, we have a couple like we have like five Malcolm Carlson's playing, right? It's like okay, that's going to have an impact. And then what you're saying, like losing Pavelski and like losing Thornton, those are like massive motivators to the team and in, in leadership and play style. Like you're just. Uh, I was talking to my good friend about uh, a reporter was talking to, I think Adrian Kempe was saying on the Kings 
that and, and Dustin Brown agreed that like they just got really complacent in practice and stopped taking it really seriously. And they ended up like 29th in the league this year, like a, a ridiculous drop off and um, losing Thornton mm-hmm. and Pavelski kind of has, mm-hmm. they, they have that leadership quality motivating factor thing to them as well. Right. Motivation does matter. If you're not motivated, you don't take it seriously. You're going to lose because the league is closer than you think. So I think when it comes down to things like if you look to see how good we were playing, we were, we were one of the best teams in the NHL. And I'm thinking top two or three teams in the NHL. And we were way better than Vegas. Um, we got snippets of that for the last game in Colorado where everyone was pretty much healthy. We, we missed Timo, but he rests for a wrist thing. But, like, we have three, four, five 30-goal scores. I think maybe just four. Um, we have people – I think it's four. I know it's more than three. But, uh, <laughs> three, four. Yeah, like nine, <laughs> eight or nine 50-point uh, players. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if Jones lets in a little bit more goals, like, we have the ability to put some up on the board. And I think – the motivating factor of having lost to them previously. We have game-breaking yeah. talents that they do not have, simply. Mark Stone is very good, but even when they went to the Stanley Cup final in 2016-2017, he wasn't putting up the numbers like he should have been. Um, Max, Max Pacioretty, not really doing a whole – not really changing games for us here. I mean – Yeah, but hold on. Let me let me say something about Mark Stone. So I was listening to Brody Brazil's prod- podcast today, and he was like, "They got Mark Stone, and like mm-hmm. that was a big boost. They went like eleven six and two with him afterwards. It's like, okay, that's like a good team's like winning record, and that includes their losing streak. But altogether, that's just like, okay, you started like winning some games a little bit more than you lost. I think you know? it was similar to it's the not like that was that like last they went season when we got uh, Evander Kane. Two and three. I think, uh... <laughs> you know. Well, they said he had 11 points in um, – When you stretch it out to like 20 games, 20 games. It, it like, That's pretty good. That's bit. not like amazing. He had a very good positive impact on the team. Like but Tomas he's, Hurdle did – He's a really good scorer but also very yeah, good defensively. I mean, that that... – and they don't really have a game breaker talent. Certainly, offensively. Yeah. Matthews. Yeah, he's definitely good, and I think he did give them a boost. But it's not like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like he made them world beaters all of a sudden, you know. Um, and he definitely adds to their depth. But anyway, yeah, I just don't sorry, think they what, they what have a good first about, line with Riley and Carlson. They and show. Um, they'll punish us. They'll get a couple rush goals, but their depth isn't there. You know, if their power play is led by Colin Miller and Shea Theodore, or not Shea Theodore, is it, who's the PED guy? Yeah, no, Nate. Nate Schmidt. That's yeah, uh, Nate PD Thompson, guys, Nate Schmidt. Um, Nate Schmidt. Yeah, they, they have good players, but they don't have someone who can command games. You know, their power play is really good because they force – they have a lot of 
movement of players, which pulls PKers, where a lot of times most penalty kill power plays are like the puck passing is doing a lot of the work. Um, so they tire out the PK really fast because the PK has to skate back and forth and, you know, be physical on players. But goalies, Flurry definitely is better. We'll have to see yeah. how it comes off of injury. You know, if you let in nine goals in two games or something like that, that is concerning. Um, we didn't see the goals. Maybe they just, you know, stopped playing. They didn't really care. Um, defense, Sharks are better for sure. Offense, Sharks are deeper for sure. Um, system, I think the thing with Vegas is if they get you playing on their terms – you will lose the game, right? So it really is just mental because if the Sharks mm-hmm. play their system, they will win um, because their system perfectly counters the Vegas system. And it doesn't do that to every other team, Yeah, but it specifically does really well against Vegas. So to me, the series kind of lies in our own hands. How do we play? How do we force play? How do we do stuff like that? Um, if we give up a goal in the first three minutes of the game, like we almost assuredly will, how do we react, right? Do we just crumble and meet, they get a second one really fast? You know, <laughs> um, it's going to be crazy. You know it's going to happen. Yeah. It's like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's kind of like I'm a I'm very confident thing. because I think yeah, the Sharks have like the individual skill. <laughs> we made it all the way to the Stanley Cup final in 2015, 2016 with a worse roster. We have a better roster now. Everyone's pretty much healthy. I think Carlson's basically 100%, not really 100%. I'm not sure if you think that. I have no idea. I mean, I was concerned he had some sort of like inner hip, Mm -hmm. like labral issue, which is pretty serious. And he's playing through a lot of pain potentially. But, I mean, he could have had, like, inside hip muscle, like, strain or, like, a hamstring muscle tear or, I don't know. A couple of those things would be, like, a nagging yeah. I mean, injury, he'll just get some something injections. you could probably heal enough to, to play through with pain. Um, I mean, I imagine if he had, like, a really serious, you know, labor I mean, he played, issue, like, 20-plus minutes playing in Colorado so um and he was opening up and turning and rotating a lot yeah and he yeah. he's been skating for apparently a while I heard he wasn't going a hundred percent yeah he, he he looked pretty good I mean I definitely think he's gonna be a game changer dude we're not I mean, talking about that I you know I'll have to say we're not I'll talking be about so that. sad if he doesn't come this back. is not the time for that this is like this not, is time for game one not just because... and then game two and then game three <laughs> and the whole series and then once we're done we can talk about being sad or celebrating that we won, but not okay. yet. My heart can't take that. Yeah. I know. So, but good, but he is just incredible yeah. to watch. Like really, he just makes the, the viewing experience of watching sharks games. Not only because mm-hmm. he as an individual is really talented and amazing, but what he adds to the team in, in making us look so much more dominant is um Yeah. Is incredible. Cause 
we were an amazing team on offense this year, right? We put up loads of goals. But how many times did you watch games and and we're just like grabbing your hair and being like, how did Mm -hmm. we not score there? Like, how did that not go in, right? How many more yeah. goals did it seem I mean, like we Burns could have and Carlson had, playing um, like really 80, 90% game, of the ice time chances, will right? do that for you. Um, Carlson's like the reason I started playing defense on ice hockey for recreational. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot more and, fun uh, than playing left wing. He's had that effect on me. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean... Yeah, since no. I started playing, literally, I was getting excited. I, today. I wanted to do D. Like, I'm trying to channel him, you know. <laughs> Which is pretty much just don't pass it. Just try and skate yeah. out of the zone yourself, and just like we um, neutral today, zone I was excited because I was like, "Dude, I can watch Eric Carlson tomorrow." <laughs> Go for it by yeah. yourself. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The I, I'm just so excited for the, for the last the game against level Vegas that we intensity. saw. That there's going to okay, be. Okay, Megs. Time to wrap up. Yeah. Do you have anything else? All right. Okay. Oh, I really? made a little, a little bit of oh. notes. That, what did we not get I just through? want to keep talking about Um. Okay. On Carlson's health, DeBoer has quit. I mean, obviously, DeBoer lied through his teeth multiple times. So I guess this has no weight. Yeah. But he said. DeBoer says Carlson is, quote, good. Yeah, don't no trust issue. anything Expects that him to says. play a typical workload after playing 20-plus minutes against Colorado, which, see, yeah, I mean, given that he played and he played well and it didn't look anything was wrong, I agree yeah. with. Timo's healthy from Timo himself. Uh, quote, I'm, I'm confident that I'm going to be 100% out there and I'm going to be able to help the team. Uh, that was from Paul Gackle's article, I think, today or yesterday. I trust Timo. I mean, it didn't look that bad. There were some sketchy sources saying he was coming from the XR room. So maybe he just fell on it weird and sprained it. But like we talked about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, That's what I think. It's like, how would you break your wrist in that situation? You know, X-ray. But, but like um, we were saying, either together, yeah. but not on the air. Uh, Timo Meyer hurt his bottom hand. Um, which when you're stick handling is only used to push forward because you are taking your wrist shot. He shoots left. Yeah, he shoots left. Um, the top hand is the one that does the mi- wrist manipulation to, uh, you know, to like dangle with the puck. The bottom hand is loosely gripped and you move it left and right. So that's not really going to affect your wrist. And then when you're shooting, Obviously, when you take a slap shot, you lean into it, push through in your bottom hand. There could be some, you know, pain there. And then when you're taking a wrist shot, you're pulling back on your top hand, pushing forward on your bottom hand, and rolling over. Maybe not rolling over at his level if he's taking snapshots and stuff. But it maybe it would affect his shooting. But since it's his bottom hand and like not his thumb, I think it's probably a best case scenario out of his two hands. And then he said he's 100%. It didn't look that bad. I trust him. He's been at practice, I think. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like anything's really like. Yeah, people. there's probably other injuries too. Um, other Jumbo is like, super good. He's like on a roll. Uh, Kurz was talking about yeah. how he's been like the third best player over the last like 30 so games or something like that in points. 
uh, Sorensen was a huge pest in the side of the King of the Knights yeah. and the Ducks last postseason, and now he's having a career year playing with Thornton. You know, our third line is great, and Kevin LeBanks' defensive play is like vastly improved. Yeah, he, yeah. It was like a it was like a light switch went on Definitely. in the last like twenty he's games. Really, like a, he's, he's like, become a lot more reliable. Oh, I skate back with the team. Oh. And it was just ridiculous. Like, it was literally a switch. And there's a lot of plays where I'm like, Kevin, you're forechecking very well. You're getting in there. And then he, like, gets back. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you know what you're doing? Like, so high to the goalie now, too. It's crazy. Anyway, so he's playing really well. He's solidified his spot. His vision yeah. is great. His passing is really good. Um, Vegas isn't having their dream season where they have the magic dust on them anymore. Maybe they won't get the same calls from the refs where they complain about picks yeah. when they were picking themselves and then all of a sudden the refs change oh the way the series is refed within the middle of game three or what, game four or something like that. And then directly benefit by embellishing calls. I'm looking at you, Colin Miller. My so gosh. Stupid. Yeah, I swear. If well, I was telling you this before, what you, if there's like a three, three strike, strike rule for Vegas, that's just honestly what it seemed like. They can get away with. So pretty much, mm-hmm. and this has been a seemingly consistent thing. You just see multiple calls missed against Vegas. Sort of fourth blatant thing. Every third or fourth thing that they do, they'll call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in the last game, there was so much interference that they did not call. And then they called, like, maybe once or twice when there was, like, seven or eight instances, you know? I don't know exactly, but it it was ridiculous. Sorry, my dog just ran into Ever since we started playing this team. She thought it was open. (laughs) (laughs) Mochi. (laughs) She's cute. Doesn't matter. Uh, Good job, Mochi. Um... Yeah, I just. Uh, yes, we've talked about yes. there being in the same way. Theory. Is there really no? Last but year I believed it. And it just definitely seems. And in like the it. same way, yes. in the same okay, way, so we do actually. Evander Kane this. gets refed differently. <laughs> that is like a hundred percent true. Ryan Reeves can do whatever he wants. That's but Evander that Kane just like looks at someone well. and then immediately yeah. it's a slashing. Oh, he gets interfered with. That it's okay. pisses me Let's off. Consider him the scum. I, oh, I want yeah. like. Oh, yeah, man, do I want Ryan Reeves to just, like, be out of this series. If Ryan Reeves literally was not in the lineup and then the Sharks started playing all their heavy all their heavy forwards, laying hits, playing hard in the corners, stuff like that, and they didn't have their babysitter Reeves there, uh, quote-unquote, if indicating that your babysitter's gone from last game, which is maybe the greatest chirp that I've ever heard. Yeah. Um like, who do they have? What do they do? Nate Schmidt will, like, between periods, take some. Nobody. Carrier yeah. is dirty, too. He's very dirty. Uh, Carrier. Maybe Carrier they won't throw a elbows and dirty. faces anymore. He's a dirty player, too. Yeah. Oh, they all do. He's dirty and famous. Dirk England. I think. 
Uh, what's he's his old. name? The guy who's from Vegas. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I think the Magic Dust. He's probably pretty. Has settled like a roughhouser. But Vegas too. is not on their fairy tale season. If mm-hmm. Vegas was in the Eastern Conference, they wouldn't even made the playoffs. I think people are focusing on the Sharks' play yeah. uh, to end the season and like not looking at Vegas's play to end the season. They're simply seeing that like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you consider that for this, we're close enough that it's basically the same, right? They're both like below average bad. Maybe one's like a a sixty percent letter grade, and the other one's like a sixty three percent letter grade, but you still got a D, you know. So, yeah, I just look to see. Obviously, Vegas made it to the (laughs) Stanley Cup final last season. Um. But, like, literally everyone on the roster had a career year. And that has not happened this year. And they're following a little bit back to what I think their natural skill level would be. Yeah. Um, and then I think the Sharks are primed to hit their, their, their prime again. They're primed to hit their top skill level like they showed earlier in the season. And they have more or less the same core with only with improvements than when they went to the final. And I think they can do it. I believe DeBoer can outcoach the, the team. Gerard Glant is a good coach. Yeah, I'm... but I don't think we're going to be outcoached. Twitter will disagree, but I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do tomorrow. It starts. I'm very excited. All right. Um, yeah. All right. Sorry, listeners, if this is kind of been a brain dead podcast. This is normal. We're uh, <laughs> we're a little brain dead today. I, I've had some technical you, difficulties on my side with my dog being loud and stuff, but <laughs> that's just normal. Oh well. Mm-hmm. Whoa, 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 whoa! What's your prediction? Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Dude, sharks in five. See, yeah. Not even not even thinking that's oh, a hot sharks take. Sharks in six. Not even think that's a hot take. Yeah. I, mean, I think that'll happen. I think the Sharks won both at that, home. But I'll let you do they'll that. lose one in yeah, Vegas no, that and they'll happen. clean it up at home in game five. And they'll silence the haters. Dude, I'm Hopefully. so ready for a long playoff run. Yeah. First round of the playoffs so. last year was when my daughter was born. And we super won that series. Uh, she turns one a week from game one. Yeah. Which potentially would be game five. Oh, dude. What if we close that off on our first birthday? My wife is smiling and nodding. Approved. It's a plan. Sharks in five. Yeah. <laughs> it's a plan. Go get it for us, mm-hmm. Margo. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, you can obviously see we're picking the Sharks to um, win this series at least, and uh, we hope they can uh, do much more than that as well. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you know we're going to be a little be bit like more super... active in these next few weeks. Uh, you can follow me at, at dmigs22. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I'd take my annual Twitter hiatus <laughs> in the offseason. Absolutely. Nice but you can follow me at Ian said so. Um, yeah. Yeah. It'll be good. And you can uh, follow our podcast at underscore back to the point. 
Yeah, and what's our uh, our? Uh... Yep, that's it. Um, okay. Well, sleep well, sharks Sometime fans, later. and uh, <laughs> get ready for tomorrow. And uh, we yeah. will record. Yeah, no sad podcast for a while. Sometime later. <laughs> no sad podcast on a sad until one. June. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only happy okay. podcast. Next one's in June. <laughs> No, happy podcast yeah. for June All and right. beyond. Dude, go Sharks. Go playoff Sharks. <laughs> yeah. All the way. All right. Well,